There's a new app that allows straight guys to hook up with each other. It, it's Grinder, right? A full bush might help prevent STIs, but is it worth it? And save the earth? Have sex with a tree. Coming up today on The Point. Welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. And we have a, we have a crowded table today, but for a very good reason. We have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Michael Fanous. Hello. Hello. Um, doctor, of, a doctor of pharmacy and HIV pharmacist and specialist. Um, we're going to talk a lot about, well, actually, that brings us to our first talking point, which is let's talk about PrEP. Um, Michael, you specialize in the area of HIV and, uh, first of all, what is PrEP? Not everybody knows. So PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis and it's the best prophylactic medication we have to prevent an infection with HIV. So one pill once a day, we're currently using this medication, which is a medication we've used in treatment for over a decade. And trials on HIV-negative guys and women uh, has found that it reduces the risk of contracting HIV by 99%. So this nice. pill right here, this little blue pill taken once a day, can prevent a lifelong infection with HIV. We haven't yet cured it. We haven't yet prevented it with a vaccine. But we have found that if we give this to guys that are HIV-negative, they'll remain HIV-negative. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Now. That is incredible. How do you study that? Pardon me. I was about to ask yeah. that. It's a good question. So prior to pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, we had certain ways to prevent transmitting the virus. For example, if someone's HIV positive now and taking treatment, and treatment involves right now three drugs minimum, and people that are HIV positive and taking three what we call antiretroviral drugs uh, have a very low risk of transmitting the virus. Actually, we say that if they're undetectable, and I'll explain that in a minute, then they are uninfectious. So the next thing that we'd said was, well, if these medications work really well to prevent someone from, who's positive from transmitting it, what if we gave it to somebody who's negative, like myself, if I were dating someone who's HIV positive? What would happen if the condom breaks? What would happen if there was no condom used? What would happen if I'm a surgeon in surgery or a nurse and blood gets in my eye? So we had for years this uh, protocol where we gave someone who's HIV negative these antiretrovirals, not this one in particular, but maybe a combination of others, and it prevented them from a lifelong infection. So if I was exposed, let's say in surgery, I could take antiretrovirals for a month as if I'm HIV positive. And this would prevent me from becoming infected with the virus for the rest of my life. And that's what we called post-exposure prophylaxis. So if I'm exposed, similar to a woman who's exposed, let's say, to semen and she could be, become pregnant, there's a morning after pill, right? Well, this is the morning after pill for gay guys. This is the best technology we have, and we used it after exposure all the time. So in the emergency room, I constantly see guys coming in or coming to the clinic, and they need post-exposure prophylaxis. There's a certain time frame we can give it, and it's studied in certain ways, 
and we know that this will prevent them from becoming HIV positive. Well, then the idea came to researchers and said, well, why are we always running to the emergency when someone's exposed? Why don't we give it to them before they're exposed? So for a man, if a man takes this medication every day, <coughs> minimum seven days prior to being uh, exposed to HIV, then it will protect him 99%. For a woman, we say take it 20 days prior to exposure. And uh, that's because women are built differently than men and vaginal tissue takes longer for this drug to build up in the vaginal tissue. There's two drugs in this tablet. Every tablet here has a drug called tenofovir and another drug called imtricitabine. These drugs have been around in treatment for years. And we find that if we give it to someone who's HIV negative and they come into contact with the virus later, they won't become infected. Like, do they have to keep taking it or like, you know what I mean? Like you, you also said like the post exposure, they took it for a month and then they weren't, then they recovered. Like it has lasting effects as well, even after they stopped taking it. So when we're talking about exposure, we're talking about a single event. So let's say for example, January 1st, I was exposed. I was out, let's say for new years and I had a great time and the condom broke. All right. So I have three days to take post exposure prophylaxis or to start post exposure prophylaxis. Similar to the morning after pill for women, they have three days to take that. After that, it's not efficacious. Neither PrEP for HIV or the morning after pill <coughs> in the case of pregnancy. But let's stick to HIV. So I take it for a month for that singular event. If sometime in that month I'm exposed again, whether it's an occupational exposure or sexual, then I would extend my PEP, post-exposure prophylaxis, for another month following the exposure. Now when we're talking about PrEP, no, it doesn't have to be for life. We're talking about people who are at the highest risk. Gay men are at the highest risk. There's other communities that are disproportionately affected by HIV, and they're not just gay men. We have African-Americans, uh, Latinos, Hispanics, uh, indigenous Canadians. So all these communities, IV drug users, for example, if we go into these communities that are affected by HIV and we give them PrEP, it will lower the risk. It's a risk reduction of 99%. Now, do they have to take it for their whole life? No, you're not at risk for your whole life. So I may be at risk because I'm recently single, for example, and I'm having multiple sexual partners. Or I may be going on a vacation, maybe going on the Atlantis cruise, for example. Or it might be pride, right? And I might, I'm planning on having multiple sexual partners. Or maybe I'm dating someone just monogamously who's HIV positive and I wanna have that extra layer of protection. We might be using condoms, but I might decide, you know, I don't wanna use condoms or I wanna use this in combination. So we're in a new era right now. It, uh, it that all sounds great. Yeah. Why isn't everybody on it? That's a good question. The number one reason why gay men and other people who are at risk of HIV don't take PrEP is because of access. Access to healthcare right now. Uh, it's not covered by the government officially. It is uh, expensive. You need private insurance at this point. There's one province that's covering it and it's Quebec. Uh, okay. I fight every day. So before be being an HIV pharmacist and all the other qualifications you mentioned, I'm a queer activist. So my job every day is to fight stigma, stigma against HIV positive guys. My other thing is to fight for access. Right now in Ontario, even if you're HIV positive, medication isn't always covered 100%. It is in British Columbia. And that's something I fight for. The other thing I fight for with my friends, uh, we have a team, we walk in the AIDS walk, we walk at Pride, is we want PrEP to be covered by the government. Why is it that we know we can end the AIDS epidemic today with this technology that's right here in front of us? And yet the government would rather pay for a lifelong treatment of HIV than for the prevention. Well, it, that's a healthcare I issue in general, right? That's I mean, right. It's, it's, it's not, treatment gets, uh, is not seen as important. Uh, uh, treatment, 
you can treat the disease, but not prevention. Prevention somehow gets a lower rung of importance. That's because they can't make any money off of it, right? Like, I don't, well, I would think. Well, I mean like that, but I mean like if people are continually having to go back to the hospital or whatever to get medications yeah, and stuff. But in Canada, I don't know if that's a, it's, it's a, it, like in Canada, the government pays for that anyway. So why wouldn't they want to not spend that money? You know what I mean? Sure. Like the government's not an industry. It's not the insurance industry mm -hmm. in the States, which is a whole other. Well, but even, even it, I mean, uh, so <clears throat> I'm not on prep, but it's something I'm considering doing. Um, I looked into my insurance stuff and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's 90% covered, right? I'd still have to pay 10%. But it's not like there are, it's not like my doctor is saying, oh, like, get get on this right now. Like, I don't feel like there's any, there aren't a lot of voices saying, do this. Everybody should be doing this. The voices are there. Believe me, the voices are there. I'm one of them. Uh, there's many LGBT healthcare professionals, so either gay doctors or gay-friendly doctors, men and women, that are saying, this is revolutionary. In fact, we're calling this the new sexual revolution. Similar to the way the birth control was sexual revolution in the 60s for women, they could be empowered. Now they didn't rely on their sexual partner to wear a condom to prevent a pregnancy. They weren't told whether or not you know, they can get pregnant or not. They took the decision themselves. Well, here, here's the thing, uh, and uh, interesting you bring up uh, birth control. So. The messaging I've initially heard is that if you're on PrEP, you still should wear a condom, right? That PrEP is extra protection. But I've heard from other people that, no, like you can toss the condom away. All right, so this is a, a controversial topic. A lot of people want to always put PrEP versus condoms. That's not the discussion. That's not the issue. So the government would like you to, to say that this can only be used in combination with condoms. Research, and myself included, will tell you that's not the truth. So there is no shame with having condomless sex. We're moving, we're changing our vocabulary now. We used to say that, you know, to have safe sex, you had to wear a condom. That's not true. To have safer sex, because you can only ever make sex safer, unless you're staying home with your right hand, it's not safe sex. You can only, every no, time- Filthy left hand. Or your left hand. <laughs> you're a left hand. Oh, no, no, it's not- Or your left hand. But let's, let's be honest, using a condom, using spermicide, in the case of, you know, um, vaginal sex, are using, uh, there's another way to prevent HIV and it's called treatment as prevention and I'll talk about that. That's basically HIV positive uh, sexual partners taking medication to be undetectable. That's an effective way to prevent transmission. So if I'm using treatment as prevention with let's say a positive partner and I'm taking PrEP, then in fact we're both protected from transmission chemically without a condom. So when we're saying do we need to combine PrEP with a condom, that's, extra, that's an extra layer of protection, that's great. Can I combine it with TASP, we call it, treatment as prevention? Absolutely. And if it's condomless, is it to be shamed? Absolutely not. Well, this is, and this is why, because I, I feel like there is a lot of, you know, like you hear the term prep whores, you know? Truvada whores. Truvada yeah. whores. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're on, but I feel like women went through this a, a generation or two ago yeah. when the pill went on, so women could have sex you know, without worrying about pregnancy, and they were called, I mean... So the term Truvada whore was actually owned by us queers. We re-owned it. So the idea of shaming guys that don't use a condom, well, there's a campaign in the States who said, yeah, you know what, this works better than a condom, actually. You know how effective condoms are in preventing HIV with gay men? 51%. Wow. When we're wow. talking about using a condom... Is it because they don't use it, or don't do it properly, or not at the right That's a good question. Time? So there's several reasons why condoms don't work 100%. One, yes, not everybody uses them all the time. Secondly, when they do, are you using a condom when you're giving head, when you're having oral sex? Are you using a barrier when you're having cunnilingus or analingus, so rimming? 
No. So all of those put you at risk of STIs, not necessarily HIV, but we're not using condoms the way that you know, they're intended to prevent everything. Secondly is condoms break. Gay men, when they're having sex with a condom, we should know that anal sex is rougher. There's more breakages with anal sex than there is with vaginal sex. Secondly, um, let's say the times that you are having sex, and let's say you are drunk and you're putting on a condom, what are the chances in the dark that you're putting it on correctly? What are the chances that you're re reapplying a new condom with every insertion? Let's be honest, I don't think a single person at this table has never teased a hole without a condom. Well, so when you say with every insertion, <laughs> and we know people are going, have I teased a hole? And and let's 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 talk about the fluids that transmit the virus. We know that pre cum, so it's not just cum that carries the virus. Blood carries the virus. Breast milk, vaginal fluid, anal fluid. So when you're exposing yourself to all of those, are you always using a condom? Not a hundred percent. Okay, so what? What? Oh, sorry. What do you? Uh, what about the people who say, "Oh, but there is this super gonorrhea that if you stop using condoms, it's like a super villain." So here's the thing: all of these STIs that we're talking about. So there's a lot of objections to prep. They're all based in not enough education, and that's why I'm here. But let's talk about each one of them. So one of the objections is, well, prep is not going to protect you from STIs. Well, number one, it wasn't intended to protect you from STIs. If there's a vaccine tomorrow that comes out for HIV, are we going to object to the vaccine because it doesn't protect you against gonorrhea and chlamydia? Secondly... Throw it in the garbage, it's no yeah. good. <laughs> Secondly, as a pharmacist, I see guys every day getting treatment for gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, you name it. Do you know how many of them wore a condom? A lot of them. So you can still get chlamydia and gonorrhea from touching. I had a guy the other day come in, he's a top, and he said, I got rectal gonorrhea. How did I get rectal gonorrhea? You know, nobody inserted anything into my rectum. And I said, all it takes is touching. So even with the use, yeah. So foreplay, fooling around can transmit. So when we're talking about objections to prep, let's use legitimate objections, guys. Uh, STIs isn't one of them. The other objection I hear a lot is, well, I don't want to take a pill every day. Right. You know, I don't want to have to put a chemical don't, in don't my body. Don't people take vitamins yeah, every, every day? Every I don't day. understand every, that. Yeah, yeah but day. these aren't vitamins. Let's what be honest. What happens if you don't take one like on one day and then you... Missing a dose? Yeah. Then you have to see a good pharmacist to give you all that advice. But right, yeah. I will... <laughs> I mean, and I get those questions from women too. Well, I missed my birth control today. What do right. I do? And it depends on the medication. Sometimes you double up, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you take two the next day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you start a new pack. My point is there's going to be more drugs for PrEP. Right now we're using this product. And there's another one being studied currently. There's an injectable, there's a pump. All of these are coming out. So I don't wanna make one statement based on Truvada because it's gonna depend on which product we're using to prevent. So next year, hopefully I'll be here again with more options for PrEP. Now, um, going to missing a dose so, and taking a chemical every day. Some guys say to me, well, I don't wanna take you know, potent medications every day. They're worried about their liver. They've read about side effects. Yeah, I was gonna just ask about the side effects. Don't people take heart, like heart medication or yeah. blood pressure yeah. medication every day? What are the Drinking side every single yeah. day? <laughs> like, I mean, if you're worried about your liver. These are really good questions. So drugs are metabolized primarily in the liver or the kidney, right? So about 6% of my patients this year had a side effect to Truvada. All of them were resolved. Nobody's living with you know, horrible side effects for the rest of their life. Uh, sometimes there's an increase in liver enzymes. That's one side effect. Another one is an um, elevation of kidney uh, enzymes, or we say creatinine. Uh, the other one, the most common side effect to this is stomach upset in the first couple of weeks. Okay, so someone taking, and that happens not just with PrEP, that happens with almost every medication I dispense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, gastrointestinal or GI side effects are the number one side effect you experience. And it's less than 10% and it's transient, meaning it goes away. Now for my bottoms, of course, having diarrhea for a week or two might be a big deal. But when we're talking about the benefit of having, 
you know, a risk reduction of 99%. I, I like how you take possession, like my bottoms. Yeah, they're my bottoms. It's they're my, <laughs> yeah. my guys. I have, a, I have a really good practice here in Toronto. I have, it was, used to be all HIV positive guys, mostly. I have some HIV positive women. And now, thanks to PrEP, I have a big portion of my practice are HIV negative guys. You know, and what we're doing is we're moving all of us, positive and negative, we're moving into a new era where we can end stigma. There was a lot of stigma against having sex with someone who's HIV positive mm -hmm. because a lot of people were afraid of HIV. Right. Well, we know that being afraid of HIV is not going to prevent the tra transmission of the virus. Let's be smart about it. So guys taking PrEP are not irresponsible. They're not promiscuous. They're not whores. They're the more responsible. Yeah, exactly. Fact. Yeah. Can you explain undetectable, like what that means? Sure. Somebody who's hooking up with somebody undetectable, then they're HIV negative. Excellent. So uh, a lot of guys would refer to themselves if they're HIV positive as being POS. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm positive, HIV positive, or POS. And the new term that, you know, a lot of guys will use is undetectable. And this is kind of like a badge of honor, saying not only am I HIV positive, but I'm responsible, I'm healthy, and I'm taking medication that keeps the level of virus so low in my system that it's undetectable. Meaning, if the, we measure the virus in copies per milliliter of blood, okay, copies of RNA or copies of the virus, however you want to define it, when that level drops below 50, or now with newer technology, below 40 copies per milliliter, we say the patient is then undetectable. Well, what does that mean? So if I'm undetectable, if I'm HIV positive and undetectable, it means that the level is so low in my blood, it's also undetectable in other fluids, like semen. Meaning that if you're undetectable, you're uninfectious. So you're untransmittable. Like you, so if you're you undetectable, you, will not you cannot give it to someone else. We just had a landmark trial end last year, uh, and they extended the trial as well. It was called the PARTNER trial. And there's another one called uh, HTPNO52. And both of these trials found that not a single person transmitted HIV to their primary partner in this two-year study. We had probably 58,000 sexual acts, uh, 1,100 couples, and these that are... Sounds like a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> these are uh, what we call serodiscordant or mixed or magnetic couples, where one person's positive and the other's negative. Well, we wanted to know, without the use of PrEP, without the use of condoms, how many are going to get HIV from their primary partner who's positive? Not a single one. And they were all undetectable. They were all undetectable. Yeah. Really? Wow. So we're in a new era. So, so it's like effectively cured. No. You know what I mean? Like not well, cured, I don't want to say like, the word cured. I, I know that's We're getting but, there. But it, in terms of that's practice, amazing. it's... What I thought was interesting, there was a study that came out uh, actually out of Toronto, uh, St. Michael's Hospital. Um, researchers found that actually using PrEP has a financial benefit to the healthcare system. Absolutely. Because it's cheaper to get everyone on PrEP than to treat them after the but fact. That, that's all healthcare, preventative mm -hmm. healthcare, and it's similar to preventative maintenance on something is going to be beneficial to fixing a disaster after the fact, right? Well, do you know how, lo how much it is to treat HIV in Canada, in Ontario? These medications, if you're HIV positive, you're on more than just two drugs. You're on three or more. And the drugs range from 1,500 a month oh. to 2,000, 3,000. Don't worry, not a single one of my patients pays out of pocket. I find each one of them insurance options. If I want my guys to be undetectable and healthy, part of my job as a queer activist and as a pharmacist is to find them affordable insurance. Whether it's private insurance through their employer, government insurance, not a single one of my patients pays full price. I'm just curious, do you know how this works in the States? Mm -hmm. In the States, we have a few options. And similar to Canada, every province has a different program. In the States, every state has a different program. Whether it's the Medicaid system or whether it's a private system like Kaiser Permanente, mm -hmm. uh, certain H HMOs have their own program. But 
There's the EPIC program, for example, in New York. Uh, so the idea is that guys that are HIV positive will never have to pay out of pocket in countries like Canada, um, the United States, in the European Union. There are, uh, th these are unaffordable medications. People can't afford two, $3,000 a month. So for that reason, we find them insurance. And if it's not private insurance, then there's always a government fallback. But what I'm fighting for here on, in Ontario is that government one should be 100%. Because if guys have to pay even a portion like in Ontario, guys on Trillium pay 4% of their income for their drugs. So even paying that portion, sometimes you have to debate whether you're going to pay your $300 copay this month or you're going to pay your rent. That shouldn't be a decision. We know that if, if access to medication is 100% covered, it's better for everybody. Guys who are HIV positive will be undetectable, and guys that are HIV negative won't have the virus transmitted. So to reach our goals, and there are World Health Organization goals of having 90% of guys on treatment, 90% of guys at risk should be, uh, should be tested, then we need to provide care and we need to provide these medications 100%. Is this something that straight guys have to think about as well? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me, how many, like, do you find mostly homosexual guys in there or is it hetero as well? Good question. So when we're dealing with healthcare, we don't really have to call our patients gay, straight, yeah. or, well, it's based on behavior. Right. So if a man is having sex with a man, whether you identify as straight, curious, <laughs> bisexual, gay, whatever it is, you're at a certain risk by having sex with another man, yeah. right? That sex, that risk is one in 70. So for example, I had a straight patient who came in the other day and he wanted post-exposure prophylaxis. And I asked him, well, why? What makes you think that you're at risk of HIV? And he said, well, I had sex with a trans person. And I said to him, okay. Well, that risk is, and I calculated it for him. Well, we can calculate those risks. So we can take the risk, by the way, of being one in 70, if you're a man having sex with another man, we call them MSM, men who have sex with men. So whether you're bi, straight, curious, or just having sex with another man, that risk is one in 70. We can lower that to one in 7,000 if that man, whether he's gay, straight, bi, or whatever you want to call him, takes this pill. Right. So we can reduce that by 99%. So when it comes to my practice, I really don't care what you identify right. as. Um, but I mean, even if you didn't have sex with a man and you had sex with a woman and you maybe thought she might have HIV, like, yeah, it's and still the same thing, right? It's still the same premise. Let me give you some of the risks. So we said one in 70 if you're a gay man. Right. Um, so we know that if you are a heterosexual Canadian and you're having sex with a woman, so a man having sex with a woman, the chance of getting HIV is something like one in 70,000. That goes up ninefold if you're indigenous. Wow. That goes up 30-fold if you're an IV drug user that goes up 70 times if you're gay. Wow. So when we're talking about reaching guys that are at the highest risk, queer men, so gay men or men who have sex with men, are at the highest risk. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It should be a no-brainer to the government. It is a no-brainer to people that once they know the numbers, then it's a no-brainer that we should be going into these communities and saying, right. This will stop the AIDS epidemic. Well, well, we'll make sure that people know what they should do in the next steps that they'll take. But that brings us to our second po talking point. Let's talk about sex. Um, they, in fact, it was, it was let's are. talk about prep. <laughs> let's talk about sex. Never mind. Baby, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about you and me. So uh, you were talking about MSM and classification. I, I was intrigued by this new app that has come out called Bro. So there's Grindr, there's Tinder, now there's Bro. And this is being marketed towards straight men to hook up with each other to have what they're calling bro jobs. Wasn't that, a, wasn't that an app on Silicon Valley called Bro? Maybe. 
But um, this is a bro goes beyond no, using labels and That's is hilarious. for men that are interested in meeting other men. It's as simple as that, according to the Isn't I. Isn't that what Craigslist is for? Well, uh, my question is, how do you reach like guys who don't call themselves gay or queer or whatever, and yet if they're having sex with men? Yeah. Well, you f you go and find them where they're having sex with men. So as a healthcare worker, and you just like burst in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can. You can. We have sexual health. Counselors, we have guys that test for HIV and counsel about HIV risk going to the bathhouses. We really? have, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, where do men have sex with men? If they're not gay and meeting on a gay app like Grindr, if before we had Bro, and I downloaded that app, by the way. To oh, check you it did? Out. Yeah, I found lots of my gay friends on it, by the way. Um, <laughs> Gaming the system. Yeah, well, no, they're trying to find straight guys, right? So, where, Fred, you would know where straight guys find other guys at the gym. <laughs> in this gym. Right? Or you're finding them in the park, or you're, you go to Steamworks, or you go to a bathhouse. So, the idea is we needed to get, as healthcare workers and sexual health counselors, we needed to get to these areas and say, these guys are at risk. They may never have contact with, let's say, a gay health professional. One, because of the stigma. They don't even want to come into a gay health center or they never want to visit an LGBT health care professional, right? So you have to go to them where they are and you have to reach these communities. The same way we reach indigenous Canadians, the same way we, we advertise to African-Americans on bus ads in Harlem for PrEP. There are straight ads of men and women on bus ads in Harlem now saying, by the way, there's this pill that can prevent you from getting Whoa. HIV. Yeah. Uh, speaking of HIV, uh, uh, reducing HIV, I, this was an interesting thing as well. A study that was done in San Francisco at gay bars uh, that offer bars offering free water helps reduce the risk of HIV. Well, I feel like that's not just HIV. That's anything, right? It's it helps reduce the risk of making stupid choices. Right, and that's, that's all right. it's doing. It's yes. not. It's, there's right. no direct correlation to Wait, HIV specifically. It's if, if a if a bar <laughs> most offers, places will give you water. Like there's a bar in Toronto that we go to sometimes, and they have pitchers of water and yeah. plastic cups, so you don't have to get uh, you know buy water. Or right. get, that if if they tap water, if they, the tap water right? But uh, the fact that they're offering that water allows them. Uh, 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 allows people to sober make up. sober up and make oh. better decisions. So okay. they, which I thought was really interesting. I love all these studies. You always hear of a study where <laughs> you link one thing with another and you think that the water causes a reduction, <laughs> but it's not causation. It's just just making smart, ma yeah. making smart decisions. And quickly, we're running out of time, but there were these couple of things, and I'm just curious what other people say. Uh, this one study uh, showed that. Um, uh, if you shave your pubic hair, you're more at risk for STIs. But is that just because you're having more sex? Because who wants to have sex with someone who's just exploding with pubes, so right? I, I was just thinking about the distance. Like it just give you a good distance. Like so, just like no cushion barrier. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just getting up in there. It was because it was things such as HPV and syphilis, which infect the skin, and you were talking about touching, right? Yep. And so there's more skin-on-skin -skin ah. contact if, if you shave down there. Well, they also, I don't think it's a causation. So, you know, roam, let it roam free. We also know that well, guys that shave oh, their no pubes way. have more sex. So that's you're the right. other thing. That's, so that's the point so if I'm you thinking. have, if you're the metrosexual or whatever you want to call yourself, and you shave Some frequently, is that me? Is that a fact? Yeah. Are you, I, I you're do. a metrosexual. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Wait, metrosexuals have more sex? No, like Shies people that shave grew. their pubes have more sex. Apparently, I've never heard that before, but I, I definitely bear. The, down there. the other studies that are similar to this is basically saying guys uh -huh. who test more, <laughs> guys who test more for STIs tend to have more STIs. 
right? <laughs> well, it's not, a, it's not a causation. Yeah, what yeah, it is yeah. is basically the more tests you have, the more positive test results you'll have. And that's actually been one of the objections to PrEP too, is people saying, oh, guys on PrEP get more STIs. Well, no, they don't. They just get tested every three months. We force everybody who takes PrEP to get tested for HIV, get tested for STIs, and to get tested for side effects to make sure they're okay on this medication. More tests is going to mean more positive test results. Right. Like positive, well, like positive, not like positive. No, as in like <laughs> positive for, no, like for positive. an STI, for like chlamydia, gonorrhea. Yeah. Like they have an STI. Not like positive. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, <laughs> like you're positive. You're all good. <laughs> Look, here's, this is the best, I think this is the best safe sex there is. What they're calling ecosexuality. This is, this is out of yeah. Sydney, Australia. This is an Australian thing. Um, it's basically having sex with the earth. Cool. Um, and it can range from uh, people who use sustainable sex products or enjoy skinny dipping and naked hiking to people who roll around in the dirt having an orgasm covered in potting soil. Yeah. There are people, this is the organizer of this movement in Australia, there are people who fuck trees or masturbate under a waterfall. Splinters, though. Masturbating under a waterfall, hmm. I'm sorry, but how do you fuck a tree <laughs> with, without getting splinters? I I but also, how you doing, Matt? But I feel Matt, like isn't masturbating to, under a waterfall like masturbating while being waterboarded? Like, what? <laughs> it's like in the shower. It's the yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing like a really big wow. waterfall. Like Niagara Falls. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, here's the thing. You know, you're into what you're into, and I will keep my thoughts to myself because I will get in trouble. But, Haven't you ever looked at a tree, Matt? And just but thought, no, hey. not, not really. But I wonder, like, a, like how, how is that safe though? Because there's so many like, like dirty things and like, and like back, like bacteria, no? Well, I just don't think you're getting HIV or chlamydia from. No, but still, like no, it's not. No, but like it's, an infection it's, from Yeah, infections, like how? I know, haven't you ever watched Survivor? They get all sorts of, of infections from doing things with I, nature. I don't watch No, show. you're not a, you're not a nature boy. I'm not. I mean, he's serving some realness. I know, I'm giving some you cottage, like cottage yeah. chic today. Oh, is that is that what we call cottage? it? Cottage? What do you think? I uh, <laughs> I think it looks pretty good. Okay, while the while the bromance continues in the in the corner over there, um what should people do? I mean, uh we shoot in Toronto, you're based in Toronto. If people are in Toronto, they can contact you directly. Uh, of course, if they want to do that, how would they do that? So my uh, practice, my pharmacy practice, is called Meds Expert, and if which you also looks like Med Sexpert, mm -hmm. double entendre. So if you want to look up this information, it's available on Facebook and Instagram at facebook.com/medsexpert, instagram.com/medsexpert, uh, my medsexpert.ca. But the the information is available here in Toronto. You can go to organizations like ACT, PWA, uh, KD. There's all good resources online. But what about people who are not in Toronto? What what do they do? do if they are interested in this, do they talk to their doctor? Do they tell, what do they do? So it always starts with a good conversation with a healthcare professional that you can trust. Whether it's their doctor or their pharmacist, you need to talk about your sex life openly. So if you're having sex with men and you're straight, or if you're a gay male and you're not- He looked at you. Yeah, well you brought up the issue earlier. No, I, I was wondering about like like sex with women and HIV. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's also- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't back Yeah, yeah, whatever, there's, whatever <laughs> you're doing, you know, you should be able to talk comfortably with your healthcare professional. 
Oh, why not, right? Um, <laughs> you can is what we're but saying. But the idea is talk about the behavior. You don't have to identify Jesus. as gay. You talk about what you're doing and uh, develop that relationship. Now, your doctor should be knowledgeable about HIV and HIV prevention. If they're not, I'd advise getting a new doctor. But in the interim, we have a lot of people who keep their medical, you know, their doctor who doesn't know about HIV, and they come see me here in Toronto. If not, I would go to a local aid service organization, an ASO in your area, and they'll be able to direct you to testing centers, doctors who are knowledgeable, how to get PrEP. So it's not easy right now to get PrEP. It was just approved last year in Canada. It's been approved five or six years ago in the United States. Uh, while well, this medication for the use of PrEP. So the idea is get in touch with your local aid service organization and tell them I'm at risk and I'd like to know what to do. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Fanoos. Yeah. Thank you for, for having joining me. us today. Thanks for having um, me. And I have his card right here in front of me, so I get it right. If you want to contact him, it's pharmacist at medsexpert.ca. Um, there you go. Also on Facebook and Instagram, and Instagram, my and website, Twitter, and all that. Good no stuff. Twitter yet, but no we'll Twitter. Get there. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Endpoints, uh, Bob of the Week. Bob of the Week this week is Sean Paul featuring Dua Lipa, and it's called No Lie. Ooh. Can we do that one already? No. no. I don't know. I don't know any songs. We you? just love her. No, you're not, you're not rebopping. Check it out. I don't rebop. No. You know, he doesn't rebop. He just bops. That's right. That's right. As, as it should be. Well, thank you, Michael, Thanks and thank you, me. everybody else, and thank you for joining us. I have to go through all this, don't yes, I? Do yes, okay, Just subscribe to things. us. Just do all the things. Subscribe to us on YouTube, right here. Subscribe to us on iTunes, right here. It probably looks like a bunch of gobbledygook, but it'll take you there on iTunes. Uh, crowdfunding on Instagram, igg.me slash at slash the point guys. Everybody's turned this off by now. <laughs> no. A, a new sh <laughs> we have a new show every Tuesday, so we will see, see you next, next Tuesday, Tuesday on the point. <laughs> That was a laugh.